0: Fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives. Which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time. Even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy middle of the road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos. And we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. John right, anders, welcome into the program. It is the post Monday celebration, the greatest day of the entire. Can you can you do that? Hold on wait a second here are you able to oh that makes more sense good golly i was looking at the headlines for the holidays i like the daily holidays. sometimes we can have some fun with those on the program and then it caught my eye because i saw one that said today on march 28th on tuesday is national weed appreciation day (laughs) and you know where my mind had to go there so i had to read it because i was like wait a second if it's outlawed, why are we having an appreciation day for something that's outlawed? It's not actual like marijuana weed, it's just weeds in your backyard. That's kind of weird. Why would you Why would you do that? It doesn't make any sense. National Weed Appreciation Day. I know that some weeds are used for like health benefits if you make them into tinctures and different things for like medical purposes. Outside of that though, I don't know why we're appreciating weeds when most people like kill them off with a bunch of spray and toxins and Make your yard all nice and birdy and green without the weeds in them. But yet we're appreciating them today, apparently. So happy weed appreciation day. And I don't mean go out and get high. (laughs) There is that. So welcome into the program, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen. We love you to death. Appreciate you hanging out with us today. You millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. Today, however, is... Diabetes Awareness Day, so I guess we have that going for us. Good morning. I'm Wilfred Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes. Right. <laughs> oh, The classic, the diabetes. Welcome into the show. Bottom of the hour, we have Selwyn Duke. He's with the New American. He's one of our great guests we have on the program. Semi-frequently, to talk about great issues. He's going to be joining to talk about the rise of socialism in the United States. What? What? <laughs> So we'll get him on talking about that at the bottom of the hour. Also, the growing, um, I guess, support on national surveys about the potential of different states to secede from the U.S. And is it viable? Is it something that we should even be concerned about or chatting about? And what the heck's going on with that? So we'll talk with Selwyn coming up at the bottom of the hour on a multitude of issues going on. And... Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Holy cow, I'm trying to look at my list on how we want to prioritize this stuff. Nonetheless, though, I, I am shocked but not shocked. Now that more information is coming out regarding the shooting that happened in Nashville, Tennessee, and our What's Trending story of the day. What's Trending today? Shock or not shocked. Sorry, not sorry. But we have the mainstream media on the other side of the aisle that's completely ignored it now. MSNBC, if you go to their website, has absolutely nothing On the shooting that happened down in Nashville, Tennessee with three kids dead, three adults died from a transgender individual, which I was not aware of yesterday when some of the news was first starting to come out. It was just that a woman of the age of 28 was shooting it up. Apparently it wasn't a woman, but it was a transgender woman who was a dude who wanted to be a woman who ended up going in, and a former student of the private Christian school that has like 50 students at this place with how small it was, didn't even have a resource officer, and uh, now that that news has come out and it wasn't a radical Republican Christian uh, MAGA individual, now they it's gone it's gone it's not in the headlines any longer from the mainstream media and it's gone Uh, (laughs) i i don't know where it went they're not talking about it anymore fox news is talking about it some of the conservative breitbart and newsmax and some of those are talking about it but No one else is talking. The mainstream media has dropped that one like a hot cake. Now, obviously, the Biden administration is still pushing for gun control, which is expected. It's stupid, but it's expected. So uh, we already know the argument. They say that they're going to push for gun control. He already signed one executive order that's going to be challenged in the Supreme Court. They're trying to challenge another one as well uh, with him that's about ready to sign this because we have to do something about gun violence, right? So what do we know about this story so far As more information is beginning to come out, that it was a trans individual of 28 years old who attended the school and walked in with the assault-style weapons, very scary, along with a handgun. When they investigated the home, they also found multiple weapons as well there, along with maps, in order to strategize on how to make this happen. There's also the report now that a friend that was talking to this certain individual before the shooting happened said that she was prepared to, he, whatever, it was prepared to die or was prepared to make it a, their last day, or made some type of comment about it being their final day before ending their life. So, with that being said, the new, I, I figured something out. The light bulb came on today, and we were, aren't you impressed? We were able to figure out the agenda from the left wing Democrats. Don't
1: act like you're not impressed.
0: <laughs> we know the strategy now. The media is going to do one of two things, which right now they're starting to lean towards letter A, which is we're just not going to talk about it at all. We don't want the mindset of the uh, transgender individual that's not a right-wing Republican who got the guns probably illegally with these weapons because they don't usually like weapons, or maybe they didn't. They passed all the background checks, so their background check process didn't work. uh, That that individual was able to get these weapons and then go in and cause the harm. Because remember, according to Democrats, we're the angry ones. We're the manipulative ones. We're the hate-monger type ones on the right side of the aisle. It clings to our guns and Bibles, and they use this thread every single time. The shooting that happened at the baseball field with Congress, it was a Republican until they found out it was a Democrat shooting at Republicans. When it was the gay bar done in Florida, you got to remember, it was the radical right-wing qu- Christian who hated gays, and they were the ones that were going to shoot that up until they found out it was not, but in fact it was a Muslim individual. Every shooting that happens, it's always the Republican that either – Uh, is radical, is a MAGA Republican wanting to retaliate with Trump not being in office, or it was a Republican family who would allowed a gun safe to be open without properly handling them so the student could grab the firearm and go and do something horrible and stupid with it. So those are the only scenarios that the media has. If it's someone on their side, which normally it is, Because you got them twisted up so much into a pretzel, they don't know how to think any longer, and they mentally snap because they're so angry at the world from watching mainstream media for so long, then they lose it, and it's all done. Outside of the whole, the gun is bad, so we need to continue to push for gun control, and that's it. Was it down in Florida? Wisconsin, I believe, with all the shootings, there's new, uh, uh, maybe Idaho, I don't remember where it was. I saw the headline of students walking out of high schools and demanding state legislatures actually address the issues. Trying to address the gun issue. Maybe it was down in Oklahoma. I saw it in a headline earlier today. of Walking up and working with the legislature to repeal the constitutional carry to try and get rid of certain gun rights. Because by golly, it's the guns that are causing the issue. And if we could just get rid of those and everything would be hunky-dory. We could sing kumbaya and hold hands and live happily ever after without any type of violence in the world ever, ever. Not addressing the mental health issues. Just the gun. To where they could do it with other things. Cars or knives or bombs or whatever else they want to, uh, regardless of that issue, they want to go after the firearm. So that's Agenda A. Agenda B, though, is a little bit more malicious, and let's put the tinfoil hat on for just a second to consider this option of the timing and what's going on with this shooting. Now, I'm not saying there's any type of quote-unquote conspiracy, but it does open up the opportunity across the nation for another discussion that the Democrats have tried to have and that they're starting to lose on a nationwide front. And that is the concept of school choice, school vouchers, In allowing students to go to what schools that they actually want to. No. (laughs) I know what you're asking. I know what you're asking. You're asking me, Andy, how in the world can you tie in a school shooting into school choice? It is totally absurd. I'm telling you it's totally absurd. But I'm telling you here, maybe there's a connection. What's the argument that we have from the other side of the aisle right now? The argument that they've been making... When it comes to school choice issues, getting rid of some of the uh, teachers unions, the power that the unions have in the state legislatures all over the nation. The argument that they've been using has been, well, we don't want to use taxpayer public funds to fund private schools, which makes sense to a degree. However, we do that on every single other administrative state when we have social programs with WIC and with uh, Medicare and Medicaid. And when we have Social Security, we use public funds to fund private projects. When we do a construction project for interstates or the infrastructure bill that was passed at the federal level, we use public taxpayer funds to hire private companies to do private projects. So and they're all, by the way, pushed by the federal government and by Democrats and by progressives. So the whole let's keep private funds private and public funds public doesn't really jibe because they literally push that for every other issue under the sun except for education and giving individuals the opportunity to have a better education by having choices and competition in an educational market that's run by a monopoly dominant by the teachers unions. That was a big mouthful. How else does it tie in here? The individual was a trans individual that was a former student at a private Christian public education or private Christian school, a small school, didn't even have a resource officer because it was so tiny. You know, the next uh, we read the story yesterday about the number of individuals that identify as religious or go to a religious service and how that's a priority in individuals lives and how that's dropped dramatically, even from just 1998 until now down into the 30% range across the nation, which is a cause for concern uh, when we talk about morality and the deeper issues in society and the family unit and uh, the values that we hold cherishing uh, in the nation. We realize that that's a major issue. That's another discussion, another discussion for another time, though. But what's the argument from the other side is that, of course, that we're the right-wing Christian radicals who hate anybody else that doesn't believe in our values. And I will say that there is some judgmentalness From some Christians. However, at the same time, that judgmentalness in no way, shape, or form that I have ever seen in my entire life has led to violence against an individual that lives a different life. Now, for me personally, I don't give a rip about how you live your life. I'm going to identify you and and respond to you based on your character and if you're a good individual. And if you're not, then, you know, I don't really care about you. I'm just gonna move on because I don't have time for you in my life. But I'm going to treat you the same no matter what your beliefs are, no matter what your lifestyle is, no matter what. Because I don't care. I don't care. If you're a good human being, that's all I care about. And I'm going to lead my example based on the values that I hold to me with my family. Period. End of story. But they lay it out from the other side that if, as Christians, if we don't agree with somebody's lifestyle, then we're just going to be angry and hateful because they don't understand the difference between disagreeing with somebody and hating somebody. They blended the two together. So the argument now that's going to come from the other side, if they address this issue at all, is now going to be that the reason this individual retaliated against a private Christian small school that she was, he was, whatever, was uh, attending as a child was that they were harboring some type of angst, they were bullied, they were pressured. They were the outcasts because the bigoted, closed-minded Christian school was abusing them for their lifestyle and how they felt on the inside. And it's going to be attacked now on the right side of the aisle and on the Christian side for being a private Christian school. And they're going to use that argument now to continue the argument against school choice of saying we can't be funding private schools that are bigoted against individuals that are different and that feel different. And coincidentally, again, not using the conspiratorial side, but just put the tinfoil hat on for just a second, coincidentally, this is happening at the exact same time when multiple states across the nation are really having a strong chance of actually pushing some type of school choice bill in their states, limiting the power of the unions, limiting the power of the administrative state for education, and boosting the power of the parents to choose on where they want to go giving them the option to go to better education systems based on private schools or charter schools or home schools or magnet schools or micro schooling or whatever options they choose to do in their local communities. Coincidentally, that's the major debate at this time when a shooting happens at a small private Christian school for them to say that Christians hate trans individuals, so they were justified in the retaliation because of the mental angst they had as a child being abused and bullied for feeling different and wanting to retaliate on the school. And you know that narrative's coming here in the coming days. Get ready for it. Mark My Words. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I'm so confused, man. I keep hearing different reports here. I'm starting to feel like Joe Biden where I have no clue what I'm saying and just rattling it off. I swore that the individual was a male wanting to be a female. So it was be a, by definition a trans female. Is that right? But according to Breitbart, it's the other way around. It was a 28-year-old Audrey Elizabeth Hale, a female, who believes she was a male. So that would be a trans male, but I had heard the term trans female. I'm so confused right now. I don't know what's going on. I
1: want to be clear. I'm not going nuts,
0: man. I I don't know how these individuals, I guess it doesn't really matter. We'll just put it in the other category right now. Um, but nonetheless, the trans individual, whatever flavor on whatever side, I don't care. Uh, was going after the private Christian school that had gone to that school prior as a child. Uh, That's going to be the narrative. It's going to be, well, you know, obviously there's angst there, there's vengeance, there's uh, retaliation because, well, they were bullied and they were outliers and they were just abused because it was a Christian school who's bigoted and close-minded against these issues. You know that's going to be the new narrative if they continue to talk about it. But right now in the mainstream media. And it's gone. It's nowhere to be found. You can't find it. Go to MSNBC. Not a headline. In fact, Donald Trump's indictment stuff is still the headline there. Then it's Georgia's evil bill. I don't even know what the evil bill was, but that was the headline. Georgia's evil bill that they continue on by Republicans. By the way, Democrats, I literally gave you your talking points for all of this because I know what direction you're going, and it's already starting. They're starting right now with the gun issue, obviously. Joe Biden's come out, said he wants to sign another executive order. We have to do something about the quote-unquote assault rifle because rifles can assault you, apparently. Uh, The actor from Frozen, from Disney's Frozen, Josh Gad, which I believe is the individual that played Olaf, the snowman in the cartoon, if you watch Frozen at all, also sent out a tweet right now. The GLP has decided that guns are more important than kids. There are no two ways to look at the situation. It doesn't matter how many children are massacred. They have decided it is okay to let kids die, not mind you read certain books. This is unacceptable, but dying is fine. This is the messaging that they're on. It's old. It doesn't work any longer, I don't think. I think most people are starting to wake up and realize that uh, because here's the bad part. And as we say, every time a tragedy happens near someone's local community, they're like, oh my gosh, I never thought it could happen to us. I never thought it would happen around us. And then they start questioning things and saying, well, you know, I supported gun control, but now I kind of want a firearm because I didn't think it could happen in my gated community. (laughs) I didn't know it could happen around me, so therefore now I need to find a way to protect myself. And either I rely on law enforcement or I take matters into my own hands. And depending on how far away you live from law enforcement or how much you trust law enforcement, since you obviously hate law enforcement on the other side of the aisle, then you question, well, maybe I have to do something myself. And that other something yourself is to get a firearm and actually defend yourself. And we see skyrocketing concealed carry and gun purchases around every community that has one of these issues happen. So while they promote these as we need to get rid of guns, get rid of guns, they're happening so frequently now, people are turning the other direction who never thought they would be on that side and are starting to say, maybe I should second guess this and maybe I need to take matters into my own hands. You know, obviously, this individual, this uh, Josh Gad, Uh, It's it's not going to change his mind because he lives in a very strong, gated community, probably with some personal security at it in some way, shape, or form as well in Hollywood, and he doesn't have to worry about a thing. So he can rattle off stupid comments like this about how the GOPs decided that guns are more important than children as opposed to, wow, there's a crazy mental health issue here. And no, I'm not even talking about the transgender issue here on the mental health. I'm literally talking about why people feel it's okay to go and shoot up young children at a elementary school that itself would by definition be a mental health issue and we don't want to look an inch away from our nose which a lot of people do nowadays and it's really sad but after they get off this bandwagon and they don't get the response that they want to because every time they mention guns their popularity goes down in the polls the next argument is going to be the school choice the private schools funding the private schools that are bigoted and hateful and trying to kill the trans community across the nation because they hate them and they don't like them. That's going to be the next argument. So when Duke right around the corner here on a post-Monday celebration for The Voice of Reason, stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
1: When Reason Meets
0: Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. John Wright, it is. Welcome back into the program. By the way, before we shift gears and we change topics a little bit, I do got to give a major shout out. Obviously, we don't want to talk about the individuals that do the harm, like the terrorists that they are wanting to shoot down children at a public school or private school or any child in any way, shape, or form or any human being really in any way, shape, or form. However, we do want to give our hat tip to law enforcement that handled the issue very quickly. This was not like the Texas scenario where we sat around for an hour to wonder what the heck's going on. They rushed in. They took care of it, boom, done, no waiting around. And God bless you for doing that, hat tips off, because that's the way things should be, that's the way things are done. So we got to give the credit where credit is due, and law enforcement handled that exactly how they're supposed to. God forbid this ever happened again, that's the uh, example that law, uh, law enforcement needs to have to go in and handle an issue. Stop waiting around. Let's shift gears a little bit here, shall we?
1: What's trending today? So
0: I want to shift gears a bit. And as yesterday, we read a story regarding the polls of the general feel of Americans right now and compared to 1998. So just just, you know, a few years ago, 25 years ago, not that big of a deal. Really? Twenty five years. Man, don't stop making me feel old. You know, what's really old is when, as a millennial? I'm 34 years old now that my music in the 90s is now being played on. Uh, classic stations. Stop it. Stop that. <laughs> you drive me nuts. Nonetheless, so uh, 25 years ago in the comparison in the nation based on priorities for Americans. And in this poll, we saw a major dramatic change on the priorities from patriotism going from near 70 percent down to about 30 percent. A patriotism for the nation is a priority when it comes to money that went up slightly. Individuals that consider themselves religious, which is a little biased because just because you may not attend church doesn't mean you're not religious. Uh, So I'm not sure on that one, on how they define being religious in some way, shape or form, uh, along with other factors. And the family values, wanting to have kids, the patriotism, the family unit, the love for country, these concepts are losing popularity in general as the trends go on across the nation the question is why and what's replacing it in the nation and are we seeing a rise in socialism it is totally absurd i that's what i'm saying to be on the phone to talk about some of this and a heck of a lot more excited to have back on the program from the new american mr selwyn duke selwyn how are you my friend
1: not bad, Andy. And thirty-four years old. You said, you know, I could almost call you kid. Talk about feeling old. <laughs> How are you? <laughs>
0: I, I, I'm living the dream. You know, I. It was hard getting into radio at a young age. You're so like, it, you don't know the world. You don't know what you're talking about. Just shut up and get back in. Get back in line. So <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy. But yeah, it's when you first start hearing the songs you grew up with on classic stations, you're like, wait a second, what? That's not right. That's not the way things are supposed to be here. <sighs>
1: Yeah, I know. I know. We all experience that. And all the things that we love either die off or they get quarantined somewhere. They get sent (laughs) into exile, as G.K. Chesterton once put it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that is very true. Well, you know, one thing is I'll say one of the songs that needs to die off and not be played on the radio is that Thumpa Wumba. I'm just throwing that out there that I get knocked down. Yeah, that needs to go away (laughs) and doesn't need to be revived again in the classics. Uh, So let's talk about this. I I read the uh, the, the polls yesterday. We're seeing a massive decline in religious, quote unquote, individuals, individuals that see patriotism as a priority, wanting to have children and actually have a family unit as a priority. All of these factors are down the wanting money and the focus on personal wealth increased over the 25-year period. Mm. Is there any type of trend we're seeing here to uh, the priorities that we're seeing as Americans to the type of governmental system that we're seeing in the nation?
1: Oh, absolutely. And let me point out something. I wasn't planning on mentioning this, but you talked about the decline in Christianity and religious practice understand that church attendance, attendance actually, is one of the greatest predictors of voting patterns. If you look at the statistics, people who attend church regularly vote Republican by quite a wide margin. Atheists, in contrast, break Democrat by a very wide margin. And in fact, if you look at the Western world, you can see a very strong correlation between religiosity or lack thereof and the degree of statism, the degree of what we would call leftism. For instance, Sweden is one of the most atheistic Western countries. It's also one of the most liberal Western countries. But anyway, on to talking about socialism, I guess. I'm well, sorry.
0: No, let's, let's focus on that for a second, because I love that conversation. Yeah. I have seen the studies uh, for years that as – government grows that the belief in a higher power begins to dwindle because we look towards the government for the higher for the answer as opposed to looking for a a higher power to fix it for us or to give us the power to be able to do it ourselves and kind of empower ourselves in some way shape or form uh so it's fascinating that the trend shows that just church attendance as well because i i gotta admit i am i identify as christian i i am a firm believer in the christian values but i haven't attended church in years and a lot of my generation doesn't attend church even though they consider themselves as religious or spiritual individuals. So it is interesting that attendance really kind of aligns with some of the voting factors.
1: Yeah, it does. It's just one metric, that's all. Because people who attend church regularly generally are very serious about their faith. Really, that's the correlation there. And you have to remember something. What we call traditional American conservatism really reflects Christianity to a great degree. And that's why you see that as Christianity wanes... So does traditional American conservatism, what we like to call that anyway. And it's something that people should take very seriously. And also what goes along with this is a decline in virtue. Now, virtue, as I always say, is defined properly as that set of objectively good moral habits. And our founding fathers talked about it at length they emphasize that you cannot have a healthy constitutional republic without virtue in the people or as john adams put it in seventeen ninety eight our second president you know this famous quotation our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people it is wholly inadequate to the government of any other when he was saying moral of course that's a synonym for virtuous so it's very very significant and this by the way is why The left's attack upon the young, upon their character, is so significant because, Andy, if I wanted to create good foot soldiers for the left, you know what I would want to do? I wouldn't want to just control the media. That's important. But kids don't imbibe that much news. I wouldn't want to just control the schools, though that's important. I would want to control entertainment and things on the Internet, because what you can do then is you can corrupt children's moral foundation. And please stop me if I've said this on your show before. But as Plato, the ancient Greek philosopher, pointed out, he said that kids should be raised ideally in an atmosphere of nobility and grace, so that when they're very young, prior to the age of reason— they develop an emotional attachment to virtue. Then, when they reach the age of reason, they'll be more likely to accept the dictates of reason. However, mm-hmm. the opposite can happen, Andy, far more easily, where you inculcate the young with an emotional attachment to vice. Then, when they each reach the age of so called reason, they end up being very unreasonable and they gravitate towards ideologies that correspond to that degraded emotional foundation. Of which socialism is one. And if you want to know, I'll just conclude with this, then I'll shut up. If you want to know why you cannot reason with leftists, what do conservatives say? We've all experienced this. You know, you try to debate a leftist and you try to be logical, he can't follow one point logically to another. You know, they just get all emotional and they go off, they digress. The reason why is that they have this corrupted emotional foundation where they have this emotional attachment to vice. And therefore, they're operating emotionally, and their emotions are misguided. So they are those people, to paraphrase Jonathan Swift, the British satirist, who you cannot reason out of their positions because they have not reasoned themselves into them. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because they're operating based on a corrupted emotional foundation.
0: I love that. It's, it's it's very deep, and it shows exactly some of the issues that we're seeing today. The question is trying to bring them back and wake them up before they hit that age of reason, which is hard to do sometimes, obviously, when the family value is broken and when we're seeing that propaganda hit them left and right, which is why, my friend, and you're learning so much about me today, that we try not to be that traditional American conservative on this program, having a braided mohawk and multiple tattoos that go down to my shoulders. So <laughs> trying to reach out to the, some of those uh, alternatives is our goal on this program to wake them up before they hit that rage, that age, and they are unreasonable for the rest of their life. Because I think that's extremely important to try and reach out to them, isn't it?
1: It is, it is. But I just want to emphasize how difficult this is. There's that old Jesuit saying that goes, "Show me a child at seven, and I'll show you the man." And I remember now also the European psychologist Nikolai Senels. He echoed this. He was someone who would work with Muslim youth in rehabilitation centers, you know, prisons, and he pointed out, once you reach the age of seven, it's very, very hard to change the person because his foundation is already ingrained. And that's what's so tragic about this, Andy, because once these kids are malformed, as the twig is bent, so grows the tree. And now you're trying to reach adults who, like I said, have this corrupted emotional foundation, and you're trying to reach these unreasonable people with reason. Very, very hard to do, but yet we have to try to do it. Absolutely, oh, Got to
0: reach out left and right. You're right. We got just about a minute before we have to take a, a hard break here, but uh, it ties right into the socialist issue, as you mentioned. I mean, when they're mm. in that emotional state, then they're constantly demanding something, wanting something, the participation trophy, so to speak, growing up, the bubble that they've lived in, never having to have a challenge in their life, expecting things to be given to them. This upbringing that we've seen with what we've just talked about has led to this rise in the socialist mentality, or I'm sorry, democratic socialist mentality, hasn't it, in about 47 seconds.
1: Oh, absolutely. Socialism has gained currency in recent times, as I mentioned in my article. Bernie Sanders just published this new book, It's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism. And I say it's okay to be angry about Bernie Sanders. But <laughs> just to illustrate how much this has taken hold, there was a report by the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation that found that more than 70% of millennials, Andy, said they were likely to vote for a socialist for president. Think yeah. about that.
0: It's mind-boggling. Let's take a break here. It's Selwyn Duke, The New American, TheNewAmerican.com. You can see all his writings here, and I highly recommend you do. This guy's killing it with all the great content and just exposing what's going on, and we need that. This is what we need to wake individuals up, especially that younger generation, to let them know what the hell's going on. Make them think a little bit more logically, because this rise of socialism is a dangerous one. I'm sorry. Democratic socialism. That's what Bernie Sanders tried to say, right? We'll do some more of that when we come back. Stay right here on The Voice of Reason. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
1: Fighting for freedom
0: every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. John Wright of his reason, common sense, rationale, you know, the logical things here on this program we learned at a very young age. <laughs> Apparently. Welcome back into the program. Last few minutes of the show, we hang out with the man himself, Selwyn Duke. I love having this guy on the program. The TheNewAmerican.com, you can see his writings. Also, his website, SelwynDuke.com as well. Read all his blogs, read all the rating, all the investigative journalism that he does, diving deeper into the issues here. So, so, and here's the next big question. Now that we have this rise of socialism, Bernie, sorry, I have to correct myself. The democratic socialism, right? Because there's a, apparently, according yeah. to Bernie Sanders, there's a difference, right?
1: <laughs> no, absolutely. They've rebranded it, and that's exactly what I wanted to talk about next, because if you look at all of these young people who are supporting socialism, Andy, and some older people, too, they don't really know what the word means. They can't define it. It just sounds good. What's in a name? Well, a lot. It's called branding, after all. We like socializing. We like people who are sociable. We may go to social clubs. The socialism, it just sounds so nice and innocuous and cushy. On the other hand, if you look at the term capitalism, Andy, it doesn't poll very well among the young, and that's by design. And let me explain why I don't use the term capitalism. Capitalism, as it pertains to an economic or political system, was first used by socialists as a pejorative, okay, and if you think about it, it makes sense because capital is money, so capitalism could be conceptualized as moneyism. That doesn't sound too good, does it? That's why I use a term that pulls a lot better, economic freedom. We have to control the language of the debate if we want to win the debate. We've got to stop using the lexicon of the left and unfortunately, conservatives do that far too much. Again, capitalism was used by socialists for the purposes of demonizing economic freedom. We shouldn't play into that mm,
0: I like that i I was not aware of that, so I'm going to have to start using that now that's It's a great point. They have taken and hijacked the dialogue and the definitions and the wording and the phrasing for so many years that we've just started to go along with it. I mean, now it's a common phrase to talk about assault weapons when that's not even a thing yeah. i mean it's it's another one it's it's funny you mentioned the socialism uh, socialism as well. By definition, I got into an argument a few years ago with an individual because the old school Merriam-Webster College Preparatory Dictionary, the hard copy, shows the definition of socialism based on the distribution of means and goods by the government, the government controlling things. If you Google it now, they've changed the phrasing of it to the people controlling the distribution mm. of means of it. They've literally changed the definition of socialism, and they said that the Wikipedia Google search definition was more relevant than the Webster's Dictionary's college preparatory book from you know 20 years ago because it had the old definition of what socialism was. They think it's us, all of us, just being able to decide what's going to happen all the time.
1: Right. Now, it's very destructive. And what these democratic socialists sometimes say, Andy, this fellow... From Occidental College, Peter Dreyer, he's a professor. He said, he was a democratic socialist. And he said, you have to understand, we believe that businesses should stay in private hands. It's just that government should make sure they do the right thing. The problem there is, how do you define the right thing? And ultimately, when you have enough government intervention, everything degrades to a point where businesses collapse, and then there's a pretext for the government stepping in and taking over. Just one quick example. Democratic socialists would believe in rent control. When you've rent control, what happens? Well, landlords can't make enough of a profit then they don't maintain their properties, they become dilapidated, tenants start complaining, maybe even the landlords go out of business, but regardless, then the government can step in more and more, instituting more and more regulation until eventually maybe they have to take over completely. And that whole process can be replicated from industry to industry to industry, and that's the problem. When you have more and more government intervention, you start shackling the private sector more and more, until it just cannot make profit, and then, of course, the government steps into the breach. And if we want to win this battle, okay, we have to understand how to argue this. If you look at the history of socialism, it is a history, Andy, of complete and utter failure. And it goes back further than the publication of the Communist Manifesto in 1848. In fact, there were socialists well before then. Here's one example. Robert Owen, a Scottish reformer, he came to the United States and he established a secular collectivist commune in a place he called New Harmony. Oh, I hear their music, okay, that, I'm no. sorry, that was 1825, only lasted four years.
0: Wow, it's amazing. Yeah, uh, it, it's funny now, uh, and you'll have to ponder this one next time we get you back on, you'll have to uh, try and explain this one. My professor in college for American Government 101 walked in his first day of class and said he's a libertarian socialist. Riddle me that one, Selwyn, so, that's a wild uh. one there. Selwyn Duke, the newamerican.com make It makes your brain hurt a little bit. Selwyn, it's always good to talk to you, brother. we got to get you back on again soon.
1: Same here. Thanks a lot,
0: and God bless. Always a pleasure, my friend. There it is. That does it for us today. Great stuff. We'll break it all down again tomorrow. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Use that common sense and reason and rationale in the real world. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hooger. We'll see you on the radio.